Hello and welcome to episode six of D Hoop University, hosted by your boy Daryl Harris, also known as D Hoopster the Song. And we are recording this at the conclusion of Monday night's playoff games in the NBA. We had two of them. I'm here with my boy Shiv. Shiva, is there anything you want to say about the Sixers and the Nets? I don't have anything other than the Cam Johnson poster. That's it. Caught a body. They lost. He did. We said it would be a sweep. It's looking to be that way. <laughs> yeah, no, my sweep, my my broom is in hand. I got the push broom. Yeah. It's in hand. Like and we're they gonna get rid of them quickly, right? Like, because they they're gonna have to play Boston next, assuming Boston, you know beats Atlanta and so yeah we don't want to mess around with this team because well, they were in three today um Maxi finished with like 30 something I don't yeah, think he had a great game I think Embiid kind of turned it on at the end didn't watch it but yeah no it was a good showing it was a reminder that Embiid's a winning player and he's not one-dimensional he had some statements to drive that home and he wasn't in attack mode like he was in game one, but he was still in playoff mentality. And they got the dub they needed. That team's pretty – they got a couple different ways they can come at you. We will touch more on them, I'm sure, after their game three. Yeah. But <laughs> the reason that is pulling me to this seat to press record and put these headphones on and do this podcast is – the fact that the Warriors lost game two, and it's not the fact that they lost to the Kings. It's the Draymond foul. I, 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 I need to hear I need to hear your reasoning on what went down, what your stance is on it. And while I contemplate how much language to let fly once I <laughs> once I pick the ball up. <laughs> so I think I think the refs got it right by giving Draymond a flagrant two. I think that's correct. I think a flagrant one probably should have been warranted for Sabonis. I think that would have been fair. I think it was only a personal foul, which doesn't make sense, or it was a tech or something, which I guess I kind of get, but... I actually think he got a flagrant one. I don't know if he did. I think it was a personal foul. I genuinely think it was Might have been downgraded, yeah. Kevin Harlan said it was a flagrant, but then right after that, he said it was downgraded to a personal foul, I think. Um, someone in the comments can fact check me on that, but I think he it because that what, what Sabonis did was incredibly dangerous. Two like this is a big dude, two like arms around someone's like you could tear their ACL, you could god forbid like snap a bone, right? Like, especially in the heat of a moment where that game is being played up and down. So I understand he's he's not probably doing all that. I hear what you mean though. I get what you mean. I, I I understand Draymond's concern. It's like if someone grabs my leg like that in the heat of the moment, I'm not, you know, taking anything from anybody. But he wound up and he did step on him. Sabonis did sell it a little bit, but guess what? Like, this is the playoffs, and Draymond has a reputation for this. Draymond went around since 2016. Draymond has been going around kicking people in the nuts, punching LeBron in the nuts. You know, he first of all, he clapped Trey Lyles across the face, which I thought should have been a flagrant in the first half. He didn't make a play on the ball. 
he saw Trey Lyles cutting and he saw the ball kind of come in that direction. And you know how like a safety will just come over top and just crack the receiver, right? Like it was one of those plays. And the it's like- impact, the impact came and landed in a way that you know his reputation. It, it looked it looked a little it looked a little nasty. His but... Reputation. It is what it is. He does that. Like like he like <sighs> when, you, when you think of a player that's gonna make a dirty play or like a dirty foul like that. Who are the names that come to mind? Draymond, Dylan Brooks, and Chris Paul. <laughs> the, that's the list. Nobody else does that in the league. Like, and so when you're in that situation, like you've already been caught stealing the cookie out of the cookie jar three, four times. Even if you're standing next to the cookie jar, I'm now going to think you're going to take something from it because I've seen you try to get away with it in the past over years. Now, I'm going to share this on social media because I can't be in La La Land. (laughs) I can't be a crazy man in a crazy world (laughs) on this island with how I feel about this. And I don't. And I've been I'm trying to before I even get into all of this, make sure that I don't come off upset that the Warriors lost. I don't care at all that the Warriors lost. I'm going to toot our horn in just a second about how we both were right about the warning signs with this team. And it's not that I just so right before we recorded this. I was like, all right, I don't even want to really get too back into what happened in this game because this game was decided right there. And the ending that we got was a domino effect. Can't take it away. And that's what it will be. So it's, you know, there's no arguing how it should have, could have, would have gone down. It just changed after that moment. And dude, I watched it back right before we recorded. I couldn't believe what I was watching. (laughs) You, Sabonis, that was academy award winning level acting that was egregious that was a slap in the face to play off basketball that was world cup level soccer i'm going to act like i just had a heart attack bro i can't believe dude what was he doing on the ground dude what was he doing on the ground hold on (laughs) I just can't. They like brought the, they brought the euro step and they brought the acting with them too. Dude, wow. I can't. I cannot <clears throat> wrap my head around the fact that they gave him a flagrant two for that when it just wasn't warranted in my opinion. Really? No, because so let's rewind the possession before that. The play goes to review, and the Warriors had the challenge because first of all, what call was that on Sabonis tripping on the baseline? And that being a foul on Draymond. So thank God that Kerr was just like, all right, hold on. I can't just wait, lose this foul right now. I need to challenge this, even though I'm going to need this challenge later in the game. But oh, well, you're calling it's terrible call on my guy when we're going to need him. And so first of all, they review that. And Sabonis is on the floor selling that. And I'm like, all right, get up. Why are they reviewing this? Like, now I'm like, okay, this is a challenge. Okay, cool whatever i get why they're challenging this because what are what was this call and they let that happen mind you the game was in a rhythm at that point yeah i what i hate about this is how it hijacked the flow of the game yeah and 
I'm cool with the outcome. Like I said, I was on this Kings team as well. I'm not surprised that this happened, but it just, it stole the what the game was building up to, which was going to just be this great organic fight to the finish duel like we had in game one. And I, first of all, so we were off of that play. The next play, all right, bodies hit the floor again. The pace at that point was so crazy. The ball was like bouncing from baseline yeah. to baseline. Like it was just, it was rapid. So I'm watching this like, yo, this is fire right now. And it stops again after they just had to replay review the possession before. And I'm looking at this and I see Draymond. If my first opinion was that he tripped because you see him bounce after he makes contact on his chest and like bounce upward to like right. get his balance again. And you see it again. Yeah, he stepped on him. He kind of, you know, sold it afterward because like I said, my first opinion was that he tripped because mm. somebody just grabbed my foot. So right. you see it back in slow-mo and it's like, okay, first of all, why are you grabbing my foot? I agree. What the hell are you doing? All right, it, so it I'm going past it, that. It has been really chippy between those two. Like in yes. slow of the yes. game. So and we're not this is supposed to be the playoffs, right? That's what we want. Get used no, to I it. No, I agree with you. No, I'm not, I'm not going to mention you like this. I think but yeah. Sabonis is, Sabonis is like Because he, he initiated first, it. Right? He Sabonis, everything. you're playing with a broken thumb. You're telling me this dude's soul on your abdomen had you on the ground for two minutes? Dude, I just watched it back, and I'm looking at it. They cut away. They show a replay. They cut away again. They show Draymond. They show the crowd. They show everything else. They go back to Sabonis, and he's face down on the ground. Are you serious? What is this? Why are you being so dramatic right now? When you initiated this, Draymond's in the flow of the game. He's yeah. playing, and that is 100% a reputation call, but ref, call this objectively. Maybe. Look at what happened. We'll, we'll, if this we'll is anybody else, that's not a flagrant two and an ejection. Think about it. Think about it this way. He already had five fouls before that incident. So it's not like he, in the eyes of the refereeing, had been playing a clean game. And that also factors into it. That's fine, but that call what you see. And you go into the replay and you see further that, all right, he has a reason. And mind you, so he grabs his foot. He kind of lets go, whatever. And at this point, you're already tripping. Somebody has my foot in their hand. My foot ends up on top of your stomach because that's where you release it. Yeah. I was putting my foot down to sprint before you grabbed me and hit in transition because this game was on a crazy pace. Right. So I'm not expecting at all to not have my feet beneath me. So yeah. the fact that when my foot is released, it's on top of you, my foot's going down anyway. It's just, I can't, and I, I'm not taking this to heart. Yeah. It's just t tell me I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. Thinking that if this happened in a situation in a game and we're able to review and see what happened, at no point was Draymond looking to do anything to this man. Yeah. And now we're going to call, now we're going to reflect on this. You know what, Draymond, you weren't the initiator. You weren't really at fault whatsoever you were innocent as can be in this situation but because the way you reacted flagrant two for you we'll see you later this game is very important very crucial 
too bad. Yeah. You got you had an emotional response to somebody grabbing your foot. C- come on, refs. It's the playoffs, man. Are you dead ass? You can't maybe. Be. Maybe. I don't you know. Can't be, dude. So it's all good because after that, I'm like, they actually just messed up. I see Golden State responding to this in classic Golden State fashion of, oh, yeah. you think you got us because you sent our guy out? No. Whatever. And they had that, but time and time again, Sacramento responded. And the I, deficiencies I, for Golden State surfaced, but to a greater extent because they didn't have their defensive anchor out there. But the problem with Golden State is how are you guys, how are you guys rebounding? How are you going to out-rebound a team yeah. or out-shoot them for a series when everybody can score 120? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree it's with not, that. They don't have the lineups for it. I picked them to win the series, right? So, obviously, that's not looking so hot right now, but... But it's also fine. They just need to get one road win to, to reset this here's, here's series. My logic. Here's my logic going into it now. It's like, okay, well, we already haven't won on the road at all this year. Like, so fine. Now we come back home where we're like... 26 and three or like whatever it is like they are nuts at home right so it's like okay we come home 2-1 going into game four i don't know like that could be 2-2 going back to sacramento and i could see them coming back to sacramento with a little bit of swag like clay's not really clay's got that little side sly smile shaking his head like doing his little snipey quiet little trash talk to whoever right like but just focusing on this game, like what I found really interesting was the Kings forced way more turnovers than the Warriors did. Like the Warriors, I think, forced 14. Kings forced 22. Warriors also shot from three better than the Kings did today. Warriors shot 32.5% from three. Kings shot 23.7. Kings were nine of 38. They put up 38 threes. Warriors put up 40. Warriors hit 13. The Kings hit nine. So it's like both teams kind of shot poorly, which is interesting considering how high scoring the first game was. But my favorite part of this whole game, word to Baylor, Sikkim Bears, Davion Mitchell. He he has a chance to show out in this series. And it just goes to show you like some guys aren't meant for like regular season play. Like Davion can pick everybody up full court every night. But you see it now in the playoffs. Like he does that. That's his game. And yeah, he no, can he's, ba- he's baby Drew Holiday. And he's a point guard and he can handle the ball and alleviate pressure because he can make shots and get to the rim. And he's a good free throw shooter. And all of a sudden, he's a guy that you need on the floor, like all the time. <laughs> need I need I say my college resume theory. College res. 100%. He's a guy who transferred from Auburn, didn't get much playing time, committed to the Baylor program, worked his way up to a starter, won a national championship as like the leader of that team, the best player on that team. And like, I don't know if you've ever seen his YouTube channel. He has like a YouTube like documentary series, him and his boys, right? Like off-season workouts. And they're in the Baylor gym and stuff. They're working out like Macy Oteague, other other Baylor alumnus and stuff. It's pretty dope. Um, But he has a saying where it's just like, trust your work and what i find really interesting about that document that docuseries or documentary that he makes on youtube he watches film of his like practice and workouts it's insane this dude's like on another level like mentally in my opinion and like that's stuff that only great players do 
and he's about to make a name for himself if they keep playing like this. He's they are guarding Steph and Clay full court. If you notice every like in these past two games, the Warriors are catching the ball so far from the three point line. It's uncomfortable for them how far they're catching the ball from no, the back. No, the Warriors are playing this game, and you you could tell today from the second quarter on. Really, especially in the second half, though, once they were throwing, you know, blows in exchange with Sacramento and Sacramento kept throwing them back. Golden State is playing with no regard now. Like they are playing like it's the like it's the fourth quarter for the whole game. Yeah. And it's just showing that Sacramento is applying tremendous pressure. And if you weren't watching that team during the regular season and you just weren't familiar with them. This is what they've been doing. They didn't let up. They, they're they not trying to flip a switch right now. They're not finding themselves. They are in stride from the regular season because they took the regular season serious. And for now, for now, it is 100% paying off. I, I'm sure that there are countless examples that I can pull up right now of when Golden State was in a situation like this, though. And it's just no. one game at a time. That's the thing. Steph this Steph- time, it's it's a little more visible. You can see on the court that it's like, wait, y'all look outmatched against a regular, you know, not the best team in the league, but you guys just flat out look outmatched in a yeah. playoff series. So th- this one's slightly different, but just, you know, tweaking a scenario of, I'm, I'm sure I could bring up some numbers of series where, they were down 2-1. They were down 2-0. They, they were back against the wall at one point, and it's just let's, you know, either protect home court, let's win the next one. It's a must-win, and however it goes. The, se- the series now is just on as slippery a slope as it gets because as soon as they drop another one, they are elimination – they're in elimination territory. So yeah. it, it's – we're we're feeling the tilt right now because it's really tilted. I kind of expected Golden State to bounce back and win that one. I said on the last episode, I don't think that they lost sleep like that over the first loss. I don't think that that's the same case tonight. What's I think the pack meeting? One to ten. Where are you at if you're the Warriors right now? So I thought that we should probably have the Golden State dialogue because surprise i i've been saying I, i'm not sold on this team making it out and that means that there's a number of teams <laughs> that can have that can give you problems so you're gonna need to reshuffle the deck yeah i uh and you can't i think that team's too smart to not be able to see that i think this is draymond's last year honestly i don't i don't think he comes back if they get bounced in the first round too, I don't think he comes back. Well, Dre is the player of that core who I see willing to leave first. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't be, sh- be just because he's his own man and you know he's going to, at the end of the day, make a decision that he wants to make. So, I think Clay is more bound and he's expecting another max extension the clay conversation has to be had i'm sorry brother you're not a 45 you're not a 40 plus million dollar player if you want us to still be in championship contention 
because we need we're going to need to distribute that elsewhere. Yeah. Especially if we have Wiggins on the roster, especially if we have Poole on the roster. And guess what the alternative is? You got to go, buddy. Yeah. yeah. It's either that we don't have much of an option at this point. And that's the reality. And a round one loss to Sacramento is going to be the, the, the minor earthquake. Questions. Yeah. That, that's going to be the one that, that shakes the room and, Let's talk about it. Say this team were to survive and they go on a series against the Lakers or the Grizzlies in the next round and say they even escape, like say they live to fight another day, another series, and they don't get eliminated for another round or two. It doesn't seem as evident that they need to do something if they lose this year, but the still, yeah, man, they got their work cut out for them right now against Sacramento. Yeah. No, it they are they are in some deep shit. Like they are really in some deep shit because Sacramento is playing incredible defense right now. And let's not discredit the home court advantage. Pretty much every shot that the moment just kind of called for a make whether it was the kick out, whether it was just a transition and I'm driving with a full head of steam, but like everyone that you're hoping goes in as a fan was falling. And I, will that translate on the road? That's the thing. They have to play an Oracle now. Will it sustain the whole series? We'll see. Yeah. They're kind of playing with just a fire under their ass though. And that's, something that you do from a commitment level across the board. So if that's going to continue, I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't. And it would only be the real championship cloth that the Warriors could pull out to kind of sustain. But I rewind this all again to that dumbass flagrant foul with seven and a half minutes left. I honestly thought Golden State was going to pull that game out. I did too. I did too. 100%. I honestly did. They had tied oh, it. They had cut it down. It was tough. I think. I think they did find. If you're Golden State, though, you you did find something in this game, and you realize that from the tip, Kaminga and Wiggins are just going to have to pick up De'Aaron Fox full court. Kaminga yeah. made it a little tough. Um, this whole thing, this narrative that. Deer, let Deer and Fox shoot the three. I get it. Maybe from a number standpoint, he doesn't look like he's a three point shooter, but people forget what this guy was in high school and college. He was just a score. He's, yeah, gonna- no, he's gonna. You, you can't, you can't give him the I dare you to shoot it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you can't do that. That's not gonna pay off for you. But they. They they've been they've been getting it done thus far. I had another analogy come to me that picks up with remember I had a lot of fight analogies for this. And I was saying that, all right, cool. You know, Sacramento, you 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 put you put your money where your mouth is in terms of your performance during the regular season. If we say you were an MMA fighter, all right, we see you with a with nice 
record so far. Let's put you against a vet. Let's put you against somebody who's several spots ahead of you in the rankings. And let's see if you can shoot up real quick. Let's give you that, you know, that fight that might put you on the map. This yeah. is a series that might put them on the map. And I'm all right. I thought Golden State was kind of going to take that punch and come out with a different game plan and win round two. They lost round two. Say this is a five round title fight. The analogy that comes to mind right away was is Francis Ngannou's last fight against Cyril Gaon. And Cyril Gaon is honestly the more well-rounded fighter. He's skilled. He's a more fluid heavyweight. And he showed that, but he only had a few fights in him. And Ngannou isn't by any means an MMA prodigy either, but he had been the champ now. He had been in UFC for about four or five years. He's used to the main event. He he knows the moment. He's been in a couple five-round fights already. He loses rounds one and two pretty clearly. He got pretty much nothing going round one and two. He's fighting with knee pads. He looks weird. There are already discussions about rumors about he's not coming back after this fight. Rounds three, four, and five, he pulls a wrestling game out of his ass that nobody's ever seen before from Francis Ngannou in this takedown defense and this top game. And he goes on to win rounds three, four, and five. He wins by unanimous decision straight 47-46s. And we don't see him in the octagon ever again. He reveals after the fight he was fighting on torn ACLs or at least one torn ACL. And he really had to come up with that on the fly and get it done. I think Golden State might still, you know, chin up, get through the rest of this series. And it would only be because, you know, you're going to have to put them away. And Sack might. Sack 100% might. You had them at four in your power rankings. Respect. I had them at seven, but I only had two Western Conference teams ahead of them. Yeah. And we we both kind of made that argument. I don't know. They look good. Um, that is an interesting. I I think it's hard to not jump to conclusions. Obviously, after um two games, but man, I have been looking forward to the end of this Warriors dynasty since like twenty sixteen, bro. <laughs> like almost a decade. Like they've. Like, ever since they signed KD, I was just like, why do you even get a chance to, like, even compete anymore? You already kind of yeah made things unfair. And, like, now you squeak out of the West last year and beat a baby Celtics team. Like, we'll see if you can do that again, right? I picked them to come out of the West. I think they still can because at the end of the day, like, you know Steph's not going out like that. Like, for me... Just- Steph's not going out like that. Yeah. No, he's not, bro. And for for me, the 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 Warriors are the villains who I've grown to love. Yeah. Because they bit. were they were a nemesis at first, especially <laughs> rooting for the rooting for those Cavs teams. Yeah. They were an arch rival, just like I cannot stand these guys. And ever since I've really grown just of, of course appreciation for who, what they've done, but I've grown to enjoy seeing other teams try and figure it out. Like, yeah, you try and stop this team. You figure it out because this is ridiculous what they present, you know? So now I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm, I enjoy watching these guys this time of year. Is this really how it's going down? No, it is and- fun. It's fun. They're they're great. They're an all-time great team, obviously, an all-time great organization. I'm going to suspend. I'm going to suspend the Warriors dialogue. 
which was on the agenda for today's meeting. It was it was high on the agenda. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, the press was here to cover it. We had a lot of the community show out to the to the town hall meeting for the Warriors dialogue. And I'm going to suspend it just because it doesn't sit well with me to have it. It feels still slightly premature. Yeah, but it does. It does. to lay them to lay them to rest. So it is exciting. It is exciting to see them in this situation because yeah. I I can't remember the last time the Warriors were down 2-0. I don't think it's ever happened in Steph's career. Yeah, well, it's um, it's probably happened on one of those earlier teams, but no, I know. I'm in. I'm going to bring this up for reference. We're going to let this one sit because this is at that's the top of mind tonight. So we just really had to emergency address this. But this game three, we'll, we'll see what game three brings us. And we'll see how we're feeling after game three. And yeah. Tomorrow we do. We have a good slate of games. Boston, Atlanta at four o'clock. Cleveland, New York. Half hour later, so those games will be going on at the same time. Nightcap is Clippers and the Suns. So we're going to have some stuff to talk about tomorrow night. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Wow. What a day. Yeah, no, man. Interesting day. Interesting day. Shout out to Nate Burleson. Shout out to Nate Burleson. You should share the story. You should share the story. Yeah, no, man. I'll I'll share this as the kicker tonight. And... But no, nah, man, it was cool. He swung by my office. Nate Burleson is the morning anchor on CBS Mornings, the nationally syndicated morning news on CBS next to Gail King and a host of other really nice, you know, folks on talent. I've worked with Nate. I'm a CBS station. I work with the CBS station. I've done phone in live segments with Nate. I've done live hits when he's in Las Vegas talking to our anchors during our newscasts. So it was kind of cool to see him in person today just because I've gotten an idea of who he is in the industry. And I've grown appreciation for, you know, his story and from afar. So it's cool. He just visited today. He was in Las Vegas doing some business. And like I said, we're we're the Las Vegas, you know, affiliate. It's kind of think of stations as a family reunion kind of picture and all your stations and cities are like your cousins. This is the analogy he made this morning. So it's kind of like, you know, checking in with extended family. And so that was the vibe of the meeting. He came by just for refreshments and an interview with uh, Sherry. And I worked night side, but it was in the mornings. I wanted to go and make an appearance, shake a hand, you know, and just I made this comparison to Michael Smith. I met Michael Smith right after high school summer of 2015 with my cousin we were just downtown LA kicking it before the summer ended and Michael Smith happened to be there this is when he was still on his and hers still on the six show you know rolling on ESPN and he was one of my favorite guys I would listen to his and hers with my mom in the car the best shows and I just kind of saw him I hollered at him in line she was like oh you got to take a picture with him so I hollered at him and I asked him, I was like, what, you know, should you, what would you tell a, a young brother who, you know, kind of wants to be in something like you're doing yeah. as a career? And he, his answer was concise. It was just right. He yeah. was like, that will make you the most well-rounded communicator. You'll be, you know, it'll build your vocabulary. It'll strengthen your argument. And that's what all we do is it's debate, but it's, you know, it, it's, 
using, you know, language, you know, just write. The more you write, you know, put those thousand hours in, that's what's going to, you know, get you there. And I met Nate and I kind of asked him the same thing today. I was like, hey, man, I have a freshly launched podcast. And what would you kind of tell somebody in my shoes that, you know, from your experience? And he was like, well, man, you're kind of on your way. The great thing about a podcast is that's your platform. That's where you get to find yourself. And the more you do it, the more it becomes what you want it to be. And that's just kind of what I needed to hear. You know, I kind of thought of the cliche questions and I was like, I kind of can't expect that answer. I'm just kind of going to throw this at him and I'm going to get, you know, what I should hear from it. And that was about that was that, man. And it was a good, you know, it was what I was kind of is what I went for. So we got to connect and. That was, you know, the goal on Instagram. From what I've heard, the streets are telling me that they that he reshared your story on Instagrams. Yeah, no, he did. He threw threw me the reshare. You know what I mean? That was cool. Side note: the headline from me to Nate is that Nate is a Drake fan. Let's go. The guys Let's... right next to me who were you know chopping it up before we spoke threw a funny question at him, just like, "Hey, what are your top three you know most influential albums or whatever?" And he's like, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. He's like, I'm an R&B head. I like some Jodeci. And he was like, I'm really current, too. Like, like you know, this Young Money era was was that era. And he was like, I'm going to have to throw some Drake. And out of all Drake, he said, take care. The old heads <laughs> love take care. Like, older people, like, people who are older than us, we're not old. We're 26, which feels old, but... I would have loved to have been 26 with like that song with that album out. Yeah, yeah. As like my first kind of initial exposure, like kind of like early on exposure to Drake for sure. But yeah. to be fair, like we got a really dope era, I think. Like oh, we got yeah, yeah, no, we 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 got the yeah, we got the prime. We, we got we are, the end of Miami Heat Drake and like early we're on, we're on the front line. Yeah, yeah, we were definitely on the front line. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the front line for Drake. Good God, Jake's the goat. Got, we're oh man, we side note, we have a, a Drake top 50 all time Drake songs pod that we're gonna do. Yeah, so we we'll just we'll just drop that tease later, this, that nugget at the end of this episode. There we go. We don't know when there's no date on that. It's like the album, like just know that that's the album that's coming. There's <laughs> like, no that's, coming. that's the one that's coming. No I actually wanna. Before signing off, <laughs> I want to revisit the Draymond thing and just say one and say one more like put together take on it yeah. because I felt like going into this pod, I was like almost telling you, bro, I was like, bro, I don't know if we can do it. I don't know if we can do it because I was trying to keep that side of me bottled in. Yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to let the top off. Yeah, in the middle of the pot, and everybody see me <laughs> in full Bring color, full rage. <laughs> yeah, the Zach got... Levine <laughs> go Zach Levine ag- light skin aggression, dude. I had a little, I had a little color poke poke through, <laughs> and I, I'm gonna go back and laugh looking at that. But I just go, I just want to say that my take on that was it's just all right. You guys don't like Draymond, and I get it. That wasn't called for. 
it wasn't called for it. I'm willing to I'm willing to die on the hill that reputation plays a factor. And yeah, if that's Steph or if that's Clay or Kaminga or literally anybody else on the Warriors, you're right. That's, that, that was the equivalent of a shove. That was the equivalent of a good shove. You know what it'll go down in history as? That he stomped on his chest. The stomp. Give me a break, dude. And I just don't like, I don't like this, man. Like, don't, don't, don't not give this. Oh, man, don't do this, man. You know, that's all I'm saying. I, I, I feel you. I always have qualms with refereeing as well. But in all honesty, in comparison, if you're in any gym, if you're in any single pickup gym, you're Slow playing with in. your you're playing with your old high school, you're playing in an adult league, you're playing semi-pro, and this happens. It's like you're telling me he responded with something that was out of line that deserved a harsher punishment than the person who initiated it. And tell him and tell me that you're at that point doing your job object- objectively. And it's you won't sell me on it. I I I could see that perspective. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, like he was in a pretty poor position or poor standing with the refs in that game as it was. So I'm not surprised that something like that led to all of that. And his reaction after, I mean, he's gonna do him. And I mean, that's why I respect him so much. Like He's gonna you know, regardless. There, you know who I who I would have loved to hear from? I who I need to hear from in all of this. Yeah. Hubie Brown. Yeah, Hubie. Hubie definitely has some some analysis to provide on that. Or or Reggie. Oh no, Kevin. Draymond versus the Sacramento King fan base. It is on here. <laughs> oh, hold your horses. Now I don't like that. This is this is Hubie. I don't like that because what happened first is he grabbed the foot. He grabbed the foot. He grabbed the foot, okay. <laughs> he he grabbed the foot. I I don't I think that's grounds for a double foul and you jump ball at mid at half court. <laughs> it's just like, man, man, shout out to Hubie Brown. Shout out to Hubie. I know, man. With that, with that being said, man, we're gonna we're gonna shut this puppy down because we, like I said, are probably gonna be here tomorrow night with some more <laughs> for you. Yeah, and we appreciate you listening as always. Be sure to follow, like, rate the show. I've seen we got a few more followers. I've seen we got a few more ratings, and whoever you are, you were greatly appreciated. And we're gonna keep giving you content to listen to and digest and you know cool draymond did you have to did you have to i guess you did they're coming back hey it's not easy to play an oracle i'll tell you that much what about chase no this is true this is true see it doesn't even feel real that they're in chase first of all like i'm from the bay i used to drive up to oakland all the time right next to the freeway all the time Bro, like, I, I can't even acknowledge Chase Center. I'm not even a Warriors fan. I can't acknowledge Chase Center. Like, I get it. It's a nice stadium and all that. But, like, bro, like, how y'all going to leave Oracle like the, that? The Warriors doesn't really rip off in Chase like it did in Oracle. And it are does. we surprised? 
No. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Till next time, folks.